Welcome again to another installment of Risk Unfiltered. Uh, we are privileged to have uh, Mrs. Kofi Young. You want to introduce, introduce yourself and tell us from whence you came, how you got started, and why is it that you're so passionate about the discipline in which you operate? Sure. Uh, thank you very much, Ken. So, uh, Shan Coffee Young, that's my name. I am the founder and CEO of a social enterprise or green business or purpose-driven business. Normally, either one of those uh, represent or describe my company called Sile Environmental Services Limited. Um, and we operate primarily in the waste education space. So we have waste education and literacy programs for children um, in which our children's book sits because I'm now a new children's book author as oh, of December of last year. Thank you very much. Oh. Um, we also do waste reduction and circular economy training for individuals and businesses. And because I also do have a technical background and technical training in waste management, um, I often provide consultancy support for larger funded waste management projects as well. So a lot of what we do fits into either one of those three buckets, as I call them. Oh, cool. So you, 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 you mentioned a lot about, um, about working in the education space, and I'll, I'll touch right. on the... The, the children aspect of it, um, because it ties in to one of the mandates of the Caribbean Risk Management Academy. Uh, how, how receptive, let's forget the kids for a second, the, the public at large or the, the folks you are, and I'm gonna use the word, selling the value of waste management to, how receptive are they? Um, it typically ranges. The most malleable are the children. Um, and I would say the least malleable are the adults. Um, and that's over um, the 50 plus age bracket. Um, but the wonderful thing is I, I always use my own father as an example. My dad is 76 years old um, and has been involved in scouting for longer than I've been on the planet. So about a little over 45 years or so. Mm -hmm. And since he was 18, so a long time. Wow. <laughs> and um, he actually is one of the reasons why I am doing this kind of work because the scouts have a conservation law, which is you always leave a place cleaner than you've met it. So, and I have had numerous conversations with my father about the work that I do, about talking to people and what's that, what that is like. And he has been very, very open. And the thing is that he always says, you know, us people in my age group, you know, we're very stuck in our ways, you know, us old people, but you know, what you have to say is quite important. So don't stop saying it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I realize that even though you know, I've gotten some opposition from older people before. Um, they tend to see eventually, you know, if not immediately over time, how their actions can change. And the same goes for even my generation. There are a lot of there are a lot of young people who don't give two hoots. They, you know, they're just all about themselves and what they want. And, you know, 
some of us in the younger generation don't care as well too so it really really varies um but i'm happy to say that the younger generation are really taking this thing by the horns and really doing their part to create that kind of change that is absolutely necessary well so that that's a good thing unfortunately it's the older heads we have to deal with to effect that which must be effectuated because in the absence of those decisions being made the value of proper waste uh, management uh, risk management or climate risk if those folks and this is my mantra if they can't think it they're not going to act on it yeah right. and so so yesterday i was doing a, a um, one of these podcasts with someone in the insurance finance industry but and i would say my mantra is if they can't think it they can't act on it and unfortunately um we are literally figuratively to some extent but literally running out of time for these folks to understand the value of and since it's about you of of what you do of mm -hmm. of, of of ensuring that you know waste disposal is done a certain way and there is yeah, separation of the type of 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 waste and so is getting the decision makers to understand the value and to effectuate that which you are pushing so what are you doing to help change those minds and forget the kids for a second it's a sign because they aren't in a position they are like 10 years 15 years from it being in decision making and i'm mm -hmm. not sure how another 10 years of things being as they are it's going to get a lot worse from a, you know habitating this planet uh, standpoint so how are you then treating with that that hurdle of these folks you know not accepting the reality for the most part and i'm sure there are some some um some some exceptions but at, at the government level let's be clear mm -hmm. and from corporate level how, how are you pushing that envelope you are very right the people who are in the positions of decision making are the ones who I would say are in the mature group still. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. really it is really to challenge them, to push them. What do I do? If I could put it into one word, I would say persistence. Yeah. I keep saying the same things over and over. I remember having a conversation with a an acquaintance of mine in the very beginning and she told me, she said, Sean, one of the things I realize about what you do on what you say is that you are leaps and bounds ahead of where people are. So yeah. when you are talking, because I, I, I have been talking about circular economy and waste reduction training for quite some time. I'm the chapter holder for the Port of Spain Circular Economy Club. So this is not new. However, yeah. you know, people are still trying to catch up. So for me, it is one, speaking their language, there are those people who I understand are simply motivated by money. So I have yeah, to change yeah, yeah. the way I speak to them. That's, that's yeah. just the simple truth, yeah. right? So I have to, to, to reevaluate my conversation to speak to them in a way, okay, let's talk either income generating or cost reduction. Let's look at waste from those angles. So that's one way of the conversation. Of course, there are those who as part of their corporate social responsibility, especially the corporate entities, they realize that they're not doing enough. They want to do more. You know, sustainability is a buzzword. So they want to start incorporating these words and actions into what they do to have that kind of conversation with them. 
one of the things I learned from another podcast that my husband had me listen to the other day is the difference between persuasion and convincing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things for me as an educator, um, and I'm very, very into behavior change work, is ah. that principle of persuasion, right? Because I studied on behavior change, specifically community-led behavior change with the University of yeah. Tennessee about 14 years ago. It's been a while. <laughs> so, um, and even in my own programs, the one that I teach with, with UV, Trinidad and Tobago, I've incorporated it into my short course in waste management with them. And is that difference between convincing somebody and persuading them? If I'm persuading you, it's because you already have that innate belief within yourself. Mm. So all I'm showing you are these are the tools and the mechanisms that you need to be able to make that decision or implement that change that you already know within yourself that you want to do. Convincing means that you, what I am doing is that I am imposing my belief system on you. You and I don't have the same belief systems. You don't think, um, you know, climate change is real or whatever it is. You know, you you have a completely different view. So now I have to take time to try to, as I say, bring you over to the good side. Um, And that takes a lot of time. It's very tiring, you know. So I also do focus on those who can be persuaded, who are ready to, to start making the next step because there's also a difference between the willingness and the ability to. So right. taking it beyond the willingness. I have had conversations with companies that are two years in the making and we're now just going to start to get things done. So it is simply just being persistent, simply putting all the information out there, them trying to be as top of mind as possible um, because an entity reached out. She's like, you know, they're like, Shan, I know we had this conversation. It's been more than a year, but here we are coming around in a full circle, pun intended, to start getting the, to do the actions that we need to do. So, so a couple of things. And, and, and this, is, this is like so timely as, as my colleagues who are listening in and Kirk and I share a bunch of stuff. I am huge. Most of my time now is spent around the, the psychology of, of, of risk. The, people and the human element, um, which is thinking and behavior because mm-hmm. the ones with the fingerprints are the ones who are making the, the decisions and that's human capital, that's humans, right? Yeah. And so, so, um, so I have started incorporating and I'm always sending little tidbits to my colleagues there, um, anthropology and something called ethnography into my, into my building of workshops and my research, yeah? Um, and for matter of fact, there's some good books I'll, I'll suggest that you take a look at. Given the fact that, that you, you, have, you have spoken so eloquently about the behavioral aspect of yeah. what you're doing. So, and just to step back, you mentioned, so CSR as it then was, as, as turned into, and I think one of my other colleagues are on board here, Kelly, is, is now, that buzzword is moved, is moving or has moved into the ESG column. Yeah, so especially out here and in the UK. Um, well, most in the U.S., the, the 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 ESG drive is 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 top of mind for a lot of executives now. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you hear, or at least I have, you're hearing less about corporate social responsibility and more about environmental social uh, governance space. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So 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 here's the here's here's my concern with what you just said that that I live. So the person that took a year to come around, 
I, mm -hmm. I, I have lived that. We are, I mean, the Institute and the Academy, you know, folks, it's, it's years upon years, I'm climbing this hill, right? Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately, time is running out for folks to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. and if, we, if we introduce, and since this cook is here, climate risk management, disaster risk and disaster risk reduction, uh, disaster preparedness, business continuity. So all of that comes, is, is, is intertwined and integrated in part of what you're doing by way of waste management. Mm -hmm. and, and so I don't believe us as practitioners in the space, and Cook and I have had this uh, conversation, these guys don't have four or five years to make good decisions as how to treat with what's going on that we have little control over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's 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 bring it full circle. All the all the <clears throat> excuse me, all the flooding that's that's occurred in Trinidad and Tobago. Understand that's that's some of the worst flooding flooding in many, many years. Yes. Um, Kirk spoke to the flooding that's happening now in Barbados. Um, Barbados had its first hurricane in 60 years, is it, Kirk, I believe? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, massive fires out, out in the western part of, of the U.S., just across the world. What does, how, what's the correlation, and correlation is not necessarily causation, but if I come to you and I say, Sean, what does your world have to do with all that's happening now? The world that you're living in, what does it have to do with all the flooding, fires burning out of control? How, how can you connect those dots? And choose your words carefully, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> People are listening. <laughs> oh my, oh my, oh my, the pressure is on. Um... So think, think, think about all that you preach. Yes. And, and, and for the, that preaching that has gone unattended, unlistened, unpracticed. Uh -huh. Has any of that, the fact that that has not been acted upon, uh, is any of what we are living through now um, a byproduct of your world? <laughs> the short answer is yes. Okay. So let me, let me extrapolate. Think about, yeah, let me think about the longer answer. One of the, I remember having a conversation with my, one of my colleagues in the UK and I said to her, I said, waste is always the last to the climate change table, mm -hmm. but it is the most pervasive. And she, she, she sat there really quietly. She said, Sean, say that again for me. <laughs> and I repeated it. And she's like, you know what? You're very right. Because oftentimes when we have the climate change conversation, we don't talk about waste. So we have a bunch of us now from all over the world who are trying to put something together to be presented at COP26 to have waste given the kind of attention that it rightfully deserves. I understand that flooding is not a singular issue. True. There are yeah, many yeah, yeah, things yeah. that affect yeah. flooding. All right? right. Right. 
and my engineer friends and so on. I'm sure your colleagues who may be engineers would agree. Yeah. There are many factors that, have, that lead to flooding, right? Poor waste management is simply one of those factors. Okay. And uh, in Trinidad and Tobago, we just got our the, the waste management rules passed. They don't come into effect until May of 2022. What, uh, stay with that for a second. Um, you're talking about um, legislation? Legislation, correct. So these are enforceable rules by the Environmental Management Authority that after many, many years, I tell people I, I don't hold my breath on legislation and thing again. I just keep praying that one day it will get passed. But if I, I, I don't hold my breath because I might have did it. Right. So, so it has been oh, passed oh, let me, let me, I'm sorry. Let me just ask this. So for my edification, oh, so it, sure. it, has not been, it, it has not been proclaimed. So it's not going to be proclaimed until May 2022. Is that it doesn't come saying? into effect in 2022. It has been passed in cabinet already, but it doesn't come into effect until 2022. So what they're doing is giving organizations an opportunity to get their houses in order. Interesting. And that pertains to waste generators in excess of a particular quantity based on the waste type that you're generating. Um, and then once you exceed um, those limits given in the schedule, there are many, there's a whole like three pages of <laughs> different forms of waste. So I won't go into that now. But right. once you exceed those limits in the schedule, uh, then you would have to apply for a permit. So okay. I've, I was having a conversation with um, someone who works for a corporate entity and it, for two reasons. A, they did not know that that piece of legislation is now law. And B, they didn't understand how it could apply to them. So now I'm having um, those kinds of conversations. Okay, what is the waste management rules? What does that mean for you and your business? Are you a generator of waste, which we all are, it's just at varying levels. So where do you fall? And based on where you fall and the waste type that you're generating, you'd have to apply for a permit. And then there's a whole other things associated with the permitting process. So we have to pay attention to the waste that we're generating because, you know, Annie Leonard has this quote where she says, there's no such thing as a way. When you throw something away, it must end up somewhere. And for some of us, we truly mm. believe that when we throw something away, it just, I don't know, disappears and the fairy comes and does something with it. And, you know, no, we just don't necessary. see it anymore. Yeah. So, we need to understand that it has to end up somewhere. It has it now become somebody else's responsibility to manage. Right. Part of the problem is that people remove themselves from the responsibility of taking care of the waste that they generate. Mm -hmm. I, I remember going to a school and a young man said, but miss, that is, if I don't throw the paper on the ground, see Pepin wouldn't have no work. And I was like, did they just eat the snack? out of the wrapper, no miss, I did. I said, so how come that is CPAP responsibility to pick up after you? No, sir, right. you're, you're, you're misunderstanding. I was around when CPAP just started. And um, CPAP is one of those companies that you know goes around, cuts the grass and beautifies right. for those yeah. who are listening who are not familiar with that, right? And uh, their job is to beautify the surroundings, keep the grass low, make sure the drains are maintained and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Their job is not to pick up after people, but because 
we have been littering and doing all of these things. Littering is a pet peeve. Can you want to see me pissed off? Litter. I cannot stand it. <laughs> it. I can't. I can't. I can't do it at all. Right. My husband has had to hold me back many times from engaging with people who just littered. Right. So, um, because we have that, you ate it. You drank it. It's your responsibility to get to get rid of it in a responsible way. So put it in the bin or put it in the recycle in, in the receptacle for recycling or whatever it is. But people tend to remove themselves. Like that's not my no, that's not my walk. That's what we say in Trinidad. That's not my walk, right? Somebody else's job to do it. So now I have to. You know, as an educator, I have to be very creative because I have to explain these things in multiple different ways, um, you know, so that people can see and understand. Because I so remember- part, I, I love to, to try and connect the dots. So just as you said, uh, waste is just one aspect of, of, of the issues around flooding. Um, it also could be attributed to some of the, the fires with you know, you smoke a cigarette and you flip the, the, the remnants of the cigarette somewhere. And, and you know, so, yeah. so there are waste that contributing factor to many other of many risks that we are exposed Correct. to by disaster. Good. Okay. That being said, um, the governing body for waste management in Trent Tobago is SwimCom. Yes? That's a yes or no answer. And the reason why I say oh. that is because waste in Trinidad and Tobago is managed by multiple bodies. Swim calls oh, responsibility okay. is to manage the three landfill sites that they manage. They were just also, because they also have a MRF, a material recovery facility, they also were given the added responsibility of uh, um, separating beverage container receptacle as it comes to them. But it is not swim calls responsibility alone to manage waste in Trinidad and Tobago. They were created to manage the landfills. That is their prime okay. responsibility. That's their mandate. So, so mm -hmm. are, there, are there other, and I would imagine there may be private entities that, that offers. So there's no, well, correct me if I'm wrong. There's no recycling legislation or or mandates within Trinidad and Tobago right so you so so we do not so to answer that recycling is still a voluntary activity in Trinidad and Tobago so there is no law that makes recycling mandatory okay. we do have um one company that I am aware of, and I always stand to be corrected because I never profess to be a guru of all things. Um, so we have Carib Glassworks that completes the circle in terms of recycling. So they take old glass and they make new glass bottles. Okay. More than likely, everybody else is a collector or a processor of some type. So I use the word recycling very, very carefully. Yeah. Because yeah. recycling means that you're taking a product and turning it into a new one. If you're not okay. doing that, then you're processing material. If you're not doing that, then you're collecting material to be processed. So okay. at what point along the line are you? Right? Okay, understood. Yeah. And that's a, that's a very clear delineation of, of the processes. Yes. Right? yes. Up here, when we talk about, um, and I'll give you a good example. Um, in the state of Florida, um, in, in most of the counties in Florida, recycling is not mandatory. In certain parts of Massachusetts and Maryland, if you don't 
recycle your when recycle in the sense of separating your mm -hmm. your waste, mm -hmm. you could be fined. Yeah. Yes. So there's, yes. there's consequence to 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 that. Um, and I like your distinction. So I, let's call it. I mean, they call it recycle, but uh, mm -hmm. I understand the definition, or, yeah. or it's actually more clear to me now. So these, the, you know, I, I, I'm a lifelong learner, so I'm learning something. So, so when you, the expert that you are speak of recycling, it's from cradle to grave, literally, from soup to nuts. That's, yeah, when I say recycling, it, it that's what I mean. Separate and, and turn into something else. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. So um, anybody else outside of that is either a processor for me, or you're collecting materials or something like that. But we tend to use recycling for the collection of recyclables. Yeah, of separating and collecting because recyclables. Because of my experience, yes. And because of okay. my experiences and my training, I it's separated in my mind, yeah. Okay, but okay, but apart from separating your mind, in, in the space, in, in the category waste management, is that what re the definition of recycle actually means? Or is that your definition that you no, that's what it is recycling okay. is taking taking up an old product and turn it into a new one that okay. that is it but what right. i wanted to just add really quickly um ken before you ask the other question is that in waste um the waste management hierarchy has been established for quite some time right and mm -hmm. it starts with uh prevention and then it goes to reduction, reuse, then recycle, then recovery, uh, and then um, disposal, right? And in between reuse and recycle, there are things like repair and refilling and repurposing oh. and, um, and all of those things. And I remember listening to someone saying, but, you know, can we still use the waste hierarchy? Is it, does it matter? Because, you know, as we say, the, the, the cart before the horse, you know, it just... You know, things all over the place. And for those of us who whose opinions I value and, you know, my colleagues and all over the world, because I like listening to different perspectives right. and seeing what makes the most sense to me, you know, is the fact that if we ignore it, then what are we exchanging that for? So if we don't encourage people to reduce, then what are we exchanging that for? If we don't encourage reuse, then what is the alternative? So in my mind, I'm hearing everybody's, I like to listen to everybody's, even if their opinion differs from my own, but and ask, you know, ask myself the question, what is the alternative? Okay, if we you say, forget that, it's not working, let's do something else. Okay, so what is the alternative? And uh, Things like, you know, that's where conversations about extended producer responsibility comes in. Because when we look at Sustainable Development Goal 12, which is about responsible consumption and production, we put a lot of focus on the consumption, mm -hmm. on the consumer, and what they do and what they're not doing. But we don't put enough focus on the producers. You all yeah. need to make the products that can be easily dealt with or easily handled at the end of its life right. can it be composted can it be quickly made into something else and then that's where the circular economy conversation comes back in as well too so it's not only uh the consumer's responsibility because a lot of people put emphasis on the consumers and and allow the producers and the manufacturers to just do what they want okay. so, so we have to change that where is where is um 
where's the Caribbean in, in aligning itself or, or ruling out this circular economy as most of the, the more advanced um, countries are doing? Well, let, let, let's, let's stay with Trent Tobago uh, for now. So, mm -hmm. um, and uh, if it's not, uh, unfortunately, if there's, not, if there's no consequence to, to action or inaction, if, it's, if left up to folks themselves, little will get done. So mm -hmm. I, I, I use Newton's law of, of motion that says an object at rest stays on rest until it's kicked in the butt. Mm -hmm. and that, that, that applies to decision makers as well. So unless you're forced or they are forced or the country's forced by way of, you know, some bilateral arrangement they want or something they want to do that says you need to have, it's like risk management now for the most part, enterprise risk management. Mm -hmm. You need to get a loan, you need to have this. You need to, okay, it, it is, is the production of, or in your words, uh, Sean, the, the, the producers themselves, what, what is the incentive for them to mm -hmm. do that which you are ascribing or what, what's what's the consequence if they don't other than messing up the planet more so mm -hmm. how, how do you how do you marry those incentivizing them to do this and mm -hmm. disincentivizing them uh, to do the opposite who's doing that in Trinidad Tobago all right so that's many questions you asked me then one let me make it simple like this. Where, where is Trinidad Tobago in respect to having a circular economy? Let's start there. Okay. So, right. So circular economy on a national level. So that, mm -hmm. so those companies that are born Trinidad and Tobago is still very new, to be honest. Okay. Um, they're now, you know, seeing, hearing about this word and wondering what does it all mean? Those companies that so those companies that have a global representation but a local um, place, you know, or, 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 or you know, a local branch in Trinidad and Tobago, because of that, because the global companies understand the need to shift us more circular economy principles and so on, they are the ones who are looking to get into action quicker than the local bread born producers and manufacturers, right? So it's still very new, I would say. Okay. Um, the other thing about the, the, the disincentives and the incentives. Now, most of the time, the big stick is the disincentive, right? So you have the law, the law does, and that's what the waste management rules. So the waste management rules is kind of forcing people to adopt circular economy principles, right? Without saying it very oh, plainly, right. Yeah, yeah. right? So the law is now telling you, okay, you need to put things in place now, you know, have a system to manage your waste. You know, if you do, if it doesn't need to become waste, see if you could lengthen the lifespan of the materials that you're creating so it does not, so it no longer fits into the linear world, it fits into the circular world. So mm -hmm. the law is doing that, but then you ask a very good question about incentives as well too. Mm -hmm. uh, and oftentimes we, we use the, the law as the main approach, but we don't look at what are the, what are the good things, you know, what are the incentives that you can offer companies to make the switch, you know? So that conversation is still a very new one right now. Many of them are doing it because it fits into their own CS, their own ESG, CSR, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so that is the reason behind it. You know, the company has a mandate, it has a philosophy, um, and as such, us just discarding things is no longer an option. So what else can, so then they ask themselves, what else can we do? And then, you know, I get brought into the conversation at that point. So mm -hmm. we, we, because it's very easy coming up with incentives requires creativity. And oftentimes if we're not willing to push ourselves to be creative, we just say, well, we just let the law do what the law does now and leave everybody else. But that's an excellent question. If we can use disincentives, then we should also have incentives. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. If, if, if I, if the minister of works, let's, 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 let's stay on that, um, that theme, but deviate a little bit. If the minister of works, says, um, Sean, I need your help in mitigating flooding. Give me three things that um, the ministry can do in conjunction with the public to help alleviate flooding. In, in as, as scientifically as possible. What would that, what would those three recommendations be? Why do you why? I said, why do you like to ask me such hard questions? Don't you Because those are questions I I need to build on, and it's and so and so. Here's what's behind some of these things, and and um, I'm not casting wide aspersions, but it does it does happen. Talking about behavioral science, there are folks in decision making space who have a certain level of insecurity and mm -hmm. or have a certain level of, and it's a male dominated world. So let's call that a certain level of ego that, be, that they may think that they are all knowing or the people that that's working for them by way of advisors are all knowing, even if it's mm -hmm. not their subject matter expertise, um, if they aren't subject matter experts and I've run into quite a few. So it, it, what can you offer the minister of works to assist in alleviating the flooding that's only going to get worse because of climate change mm -hmm. um, from a waste management perspective, as scientific as you can make it. What would, what, what would those three things be? And I'm sure you would have thought about it. So, so, so don't be looking up in the heavens. It's right at your fingertips. What would be those three things and only those three things? You see, because to me, Ken, it's... It's much in, my deeper mind, it's not, in my mind, it's not, it's not so science. It is just logic. That's, okay, so then logic that's how, that's how I see it. So for me, okay. it is make the collection of recyclables mandatory, set up the right infrastructural mechanisms to deal with those items. Define infrastructure mechanisms. Still so, so we need to have the right kinds of receptacles for recyclables. We don't have the right kinds. We, we just, we have open bins right now. And if you travel, you, you, you and the US, so you've seen what, they, what they're really yeah. supposed to look like, right? So we need to, you know, and one of the other things too, and one of the, the reasons why I remember when I, because I used to work for Swim Call in the earlys many, many years ago. And um, I remember we had a, a project where we wanted to. So before the MA came, this is, was this 
people's EMA existing? Yes, I think they were existing, but before I can, all of these fancy things. Swim Call wanted to, to run an initiative where um, we're going to collect recyclables from homeowners, right? So that's at the household level. Different days of the week for different items, which is typical in many parts of the world, right? You would think that's simple enough. Right. However, there was a communication breakdown. So the information did not get to the contractors. So in Trinidad and Tobago, the regional corporations contract different companies to collect waste. So what happened is that when the contractors came now, then nobody told them on what day was for what. Everything got mixed up and ended up back in the same landfill, which was the problem, right? So communication has to be really, really high on the agenda because as I was saying in previously, waste is no one company's business, True. right? Yeah. So to me, that's where I would start. Um, another thing too is to, to, our landfills are not engineered sites. They are landfills because they have limited covering of the waste with dirt. And that's the difference between a landfill and a dump, right? Um, but we don't have engineered facilities. So we would need to set up engineered facilities to be able to handle our waste better. We, the one in the Beetham in Port of Spain, and I, I say this very openly, I've said this to my to, to students on giving talks and stuff, right? Where the Beetham landfill is, the soil type there is, is very swampy, it's very moist, wet, so on. So it's not the right place. However, that was one of the biggest dumps, open dumps in Trinidad and Tobago in the 1980s. The then Prime Minister, Dr. Eric Williams, in his wisdom, created what is now Swim Call to manage the Beetham landfill as one of those sites, right? But the situation was the way it was. It was all over the place, lots and lots of waste. So they decided, you know what, we can't we're not in a position to move. And this was at their thinking. This is in the 80s. We have more information now. So I'm sure if presented with that decision, uh, a different choice would have been made. So they decided to, okay, we're just going to stay here. We're going to try our best to do some covering, to do some cell creation. We're going to try. You know, there's only so much we could do. But water tables in Trinidad and Tobago are quite high. And in that area, you know, the... They, Waste is, is weighty, so it's only heading in a downward direction, which would eventually meet the water table and yeah. then pose another problem, right? Yeah. So to me, it's, it is, I always say waste is an integrated business, right? So it's no one thing alone that will exactly. solve any problem. And right. that different, different disciplines also have to come into play as well. So that's right. why behavior change piques my curiosity so much on environmental yeah. psychology, you know? So all of those yeah, different Because it goes back to the greatest risk, and, uh, you know, I'm even fed up on myself saying this, the greatest risk to any organization is its people, the decision makers. Yeah? Yes. Um, yes. What I wanted to do, and we'll do this again, is to connect the dots. Because when you talked about, you know, uh, given where, where in, in uh, Bitum there, it, it just, it's only one way it could go, which is down. Right. Then it can right. affect the 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 um the um the water the table, the water table. The quality mm -hmm. of the water that now goes into in, into the into uh, the correct so so huh? 
So waste management, uh, and, and, and so when I sent you that, that other thing is connecting uh, the climate, the waste management with WASA, with the Ministry of Works and local, it is, it is, it is a web. Yes. And, 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 and it, in bringing folks to the table, you, you can't just talk to folks like you on the waste management side. You have to yeah. bring someone from the water and wastewater side and from right. the climate and the things that Kirk are working on because where water gathers, you have mosquitoes that are breeding and that diseases mm -hmm. are born. So especially if the water is not clean. And, and so, so it, it's, it's a all of discipline approach. Yes. Management. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, and so, so that, that is part of what the Academy um, is trying to do. And I, I, oftentimes I don't use the word trying, but it's literally trying because my very first question to you is, or was, how do you get up? How do you get, how do you jump this, this hurdle? How do you climb this mountain of, it, it, it's, it's, it's educating, informing and challenging them and, and mm -hmm. warning them into, Oh, it, it, you have to do all of that. Yes. Yeah? To, mm -hmm. to get some type of change. So what's next then for you as a subject matter expert in waste management? Where, where um, to effect, to get where Trinidad and Tobago needs to go, not, not, not by way of Nirvana, right? Mm -hmm. But at least close enough where waste is not creating problems in other spaces. Yeah. Is that less than five years, more than 10 years for known? Hmm. My friend in health and safety said, Chan, it took us 10 years to get where we are now. I told him, I said, so you tell him I had to wait 10 years <laughs> <laughs> to see the kind of change that I want to see. He's like, well, I'm just telling you, manage your expectations and don't think it's going to happen overnight. Um, so for me, I say, there are three things, three pillars that I use to govern the work that I do. And I think this is essentially what would need to happen for us to get where we need to be, whether it's within five to 10 years. I hope, I hope it's the, the latter rather than the former, right? Well, actually, no, I should say, I hope it's the former rather than yeah. the latter. I hope it's less time than more time. Yeah. Um, three things I say, transformation and, and these Three words are, are the philosophy that I believe in. So transformation, we have to transform the way we think and act towards waste. Waste is not just something that we're just going to throw away now. It has value. It is a useful resource. What are the other things that we can do with it? Second one is responsibility. We have to start taking responsibility for the waste that we're generating, whether we're consumers or producers. And then action taking the necessary actions that we have to take in order to reduce the waste impact on Trinidad and Tobago. Because the UN has already stated, if we, if, if we continue on this upward trend that we're going in terms of waste generation, you know, by 2040, we'll have what, 8 billion tons of waste or something like that, if, if my memory serves me correctly. And they said, you know, we will have more plastic in the ocean than fish by the year 2050. So it's we are on an upward trend with consumerism, with convenience, with yeah. all of the other things. You know, my parents and grandparents grew up in, if it broke, I'll fix it. Not I'll go and buy a new one. You know, so it's going back to those principles 
um, is what we have to start doing for us to really cause any kind of a dent in what we're trying to achieve. Because, you know, we want things now, we want things quick. Remember the button on a microwave went bad in my children's school. And one of the parents was like, Miss, I just buy a new microwave. And I was so proud of Mr. Here. I said, no, 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 the microwave is working just fine. We just need to fix the button. Yeah. But that's how we think it broke. Well, I ain't bothering to fix it. What are doing that for? You know, yeah. refilling is a huge culture in the US. You go Burger King, you go to your big cup, you can refill it as many times as you want. But we don't have that here. You know, yeah. a good thing, a positive on the horizon is that I have a lot of entrepreneurial colleagues, God bless us all, who are really trying to shift the dynamic in terms of how waste is viewed and, yeah. and treated with. You know, yeah. she has a refill thing as part, one of my colleagues has a refill thing as part of her business. You bring stuff back to her, she give you a little discount and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you have those of us who recognize that, A, business cannot continue as usual. And whether we're going to keep batting our heads against the wall trying to fix people, how about I just fix me first? How about I do something different and then yeah. by extension, that is going to you know, because we have the concept of social norms and people want to do things that others are doing and all of that. Because many studies out there show that the consumer is changing. They're willing to pay more for eco-friendly um, products and so on. However, I would say that I am not necessarily, I've said this before, but, you know, that's all right. I am, um, in my training as a waste educator, um, I remember my professor showed us this picture on one side of the picture was one guy with one garbage can saying, I will do my part to reduce waste. And he had one garbage can. And then on the other half of the picture had a man that was surrounded by 10 garbage cans and saying, I will do my part to, re to, to reduce waste by using more environmentally friendly products. And that image to me was the most eye-opening thing I've ever seen. Because if the goal with sustainable waste management is to make less waste, I am not for you just having yourself and throwing it away just to go buy the eco-friendly alternative. I'm actually not a fan of that. Um, I was telling a girlfriend of mine, I said, the stainless steel spoon and fork and knife have been around for many, many, many years. All of a sudden, we don't want to use them anymore. We want to go and get the bamboo one. But we had this, this <laughs> metal spoon and thing a long time. So why... What is, you know, why is that shift? Use what you have. You know, you have things that, remember the Pyrex that the macaroni pie used to come in. If you want to share it with your neighbor, give the neighbor the Pyrex as she wash it and return it to you. Things yeah. like that is what we're, we're losing the essence of those things. But we are going to have, buy and buy yeah. and buy. We have almost lost that because. Yes, that is true. Yeah, that's, and, and so, so two things. Um, and and we're almost there with, with time, but but yes, there are things in your um and I, I, I you know you keep calling yourself a waste educator. I would I would venture to add you're a waste management practitioner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so we have to be cognizant, and I say we you and I, because I I, I feel your pain and we are we are we are operating within the same um specifically to and tobago because most of the clients that i have the company have uh the the program we do at logjack um the majority of the attendees are are Trinidad and tobago and some caribbean folks so so we have to be cognizant of 
the audience. We have to be cognizant of the environment we live in. I, unfortunately, I don't, I tell my colleagues um, that when we lecture, it, it's not theoretical stuff. Yeah. It must not be about, um, of course, you have to speak to the, the theory, but it, you, you can't be wishing it, you know, like trying to sell, because I say to folks, risk management is like a, a bag in a vehicle. It's not going to prevent the accident. It's just going to reduce the impact. So we have to think, you as a risk management practitioner as well, okay, we have to work talking about behavioral science. You have to work with what you have. And the Correct. world right now is so volatile and, and, and complex. That's the context that, and the people you have to sell, literally sell waste management best practice too. But mm -hmm. the same thing I said to, 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 um, to Dr. Douglas, I said, doc, you guys can't just be sitting in your cubicle now and writing all these papers and leave. that time has gone. That mm -hmm. quoted. You guys have to get on the agenda and get on top of minds of some of the decision makers. And, yes. and you just have to do it. Yeah. When I say to you, or when I ask you, well, how are you climbing um, the hurdles? We are running out literally of time to be um, sitting on the back pedal or, yeah. or not being as aggressive advocates in what we know could muck up the entire environment in the world. Mm -hmm. and, and I know kudos to, where, to what, what you're doing. And like ourselves, we do um, a lot of bro, pro bono stuff with, with uh, young adults and kids and we, we need to be doing more. But we have, there must be a suitable environment for these kids to operate in. So we need to that's get right. the makers. So that that's ought right. to be the priority. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. And one of the one of the things that um in you know that I teach my students is I show them how disconnected things are and who's mm -hmm. responsible for this and that and the, all the other mm -hmm. things and say and say to them that is part of the problem. You, mm -hmm. you know, we 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 handling the waste very separately, but nobody is realizing, don't we all need to come together to help solve yeah, this that, problem yeah, that, that we're facing? Yeah, we're all trying to solve having. the problem in our own individual silos. Yeah. And that's that's part of the issue. Last, I remember when I just started at Swim Call, the first thing that my then boss um, and mentor gave me to do was to read the 1980 master plan for solid waste management for Trinidad and Tobago cover to cover. I did nothing else for my first week of working than read that document. And there are still things in that document that was done in 1980. And he was one of the people who actually is one of authored the document. Still to this day, in the year 2021 that we have not yet implemented. And the yeah. funny thing about it is the, the solutions are simple. Yeah. So why don't we, we and because you were saying it when you were talking just now, we like to, we have so much policy document yeah. stuck oh. up in our cupboard somewhere. Yeah. We yeah. like to write policy, we like to write proposals, boy. I say, but at some point in time, we have to do away, do away with that and get into action. My thing has always been, even with my students, I say, whatever I'm teaching you is that you can turn around tomorrow and implement something right away. That is my approach. I no longer take information into this pretty little brain of mine. If I cannot put it to, to use it, I oh, do not. Yeah, 
How can you so, operationalize or action that? Yeah. Exactly. It, that, because that's, that's what we need now. We have yeah. enough documents. We have yeah. national integrated solid waste management policy that mm -hmm. is just sitting in the Ministry of Planning and Development. Okay. So when are we going to really start, you know, and it raise re certain issues, make recycling mandatory, do this, do that. But a lot of it is still unused, untapped, and it's just sitting there. And I'm like, when are we going to get to the point where we have to move away from all of this paper stuff and move away? I'm all for having conversations, but conversations that lead to action. I'm no longer yeah. about just yeah. talking for talking sake anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I, that's my yeah. approach. That's how I do things. Um, and that's how, how I will continue to be as long as I have breath in my lungs. So I feel I feel your your drive and, and your pain. Um, and, and it's the same argument um, I said to Kirk, I said, you know, Kirk, enough. This thing is life and death that you're working on. As um, a matter of fact, the Academy is, is working with um, his department to, to develop a, a, um, a workshop um, that brings those things together. And, I, and it's a good way to offer up or to share information. And, and but in sharing information, and like I said to Kirk, we have to do some impact analysis with it. It's not just saying this is what you ought to do. It's also demonstrating. Yes. This yes. is what is going on, going wrong, and this is what can continue to go wrong in the absence of this. Yes. That has to be a critical, fundamental part of that pushing the envelope. Yeah. Agreed. So, mm -hmm. what parting words do you have for us? <laughs> I, I I don't mean to be philosophical, but when um there is this quotation that I I love very very much because it really captures what I want people to do, how I want people to think moving forward, right? And the quote is, "It is not always about doing things better, but sometimes." We simply need to do better things. I like that. Yeah. Right? So yeah. for me, it's like, okay, we always thinking. When I, when I started, I was like, we always thinking, yeah, let me make this better. Let me make this better. But what are the better things? What are the real action things that we can do to truly make it better? Yeah. You know, not just say we want it to be better without some real action behind it. Yeah, yeah. Don't, so don't tell that me. is what I want yeah. to leave with the listeners in, in closing. And, and, and so that marries well with my, my, um, my advocacy around don't tell me, show me. So, yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah, and so one of, I don't want to say one of the positive because it's not a positive. The positive is actually a negative. If, if, if this isn't addressed, Look at what's happening around us. Yeah. And and unfortunately, yeah. more of that is going to happen until we manage waste better. Yeah. And, and because it, there's there's impact if it's not addressed. This is not no warm and fuzzy conversation, you know. No, no, this, I, this I, is I not, don't know esoteric in esoteric in <laughs> any any sense. This is is like I said to Kirk, this is literally life and death conversations 
Yeah, talk yeah. to me about what we're gonna do. Okay, T- tell me what we're gonna yeah. do and let's get it done. That's that's exactly that's where I'm at. I'm I ain't not into warm and fuzzy. No, no, I, 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 I am very I am very, very passionate about what I do yeah. and uh, one of my I friends said, Sean, you do you, you doing the hardest workout here, you know, girl. You trying to convince people. And then I, when I heard that podcast, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm trying to persuade you. I'm not trying to convince you anymore. Ah, exactly. But, what is the, but remember, as I said, what is the alternative of not doing anything? Yeah. Right? What is the alternative? So, yeah, so yeah. with your passion, you, you go raise some fire, man. <laughs> raise some hell. <laughs> I, I, I just um I remember having a it was TV, it was a television interview, yeah. And I went on to talk about my book, but of course, from the time I start to talk, they're like, um, so Sean, about Wins in Trinidad, can we talk about that, please? I said, but um, I say, oh, you didn't bring me on here to talk about that to nobody. I said, but anyway, go ahead, go ahead. But the book you is know, published. So- is it public? It's published. It's out there. The book. The book, the children's book. Yeah, it's on Amazon and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's yeah. the name of it? Kai's Magical Adventures: Where the Garbage Goes. K Y apostrophe S Magical Adventures: Where the Garbage Goes. Okay. I'm supposed to write another one soon. My intention was to write one, the second one this year, but. Girl, I've been writing a book for the, <laughs> the last three years. I hope to finish it this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody it's told me I should write. I should great. write one for adults, but we'll see. We'll see. I love yeah. children, so we'll. But, and I'm all, no, I'm but, you see, but, but but ma'am, if if I may, mm-hmm. leave be be part of leaving something where the children could take all of what you're sharing with them, and carry on. You need mm-hmm. to get to the decision makers. Whatever you pushing and advocating now, in my respectful view, must be aimed to them mm-hmm. because the, there's no waiting 10 and 15 years to get certain things right anymore you know unfortunately the yeah. the, the, uh, the, time US, the states what state are we going to be in and if we that wait? is that is that is the critical issue <laughs> think about the economy of trinidad and tobago if you think about who might be running the the the, the organizations and the government it, the kids are still going to be kids, depending on who you... So when people ask me about when will Trent Tobago get it right, five years ago, four years ago, I was saying two generations, and I'm still saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So, so what we are advocating, what we do is we try and get to young adults, because that, yeah. that's the next group of leaders. Next group of leaders, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So the leaders are the next group of leaders, the ones who can vote going forward. Mm-hmm. So that's where the that that's where you could I respectfully submit you'll see greater yeah. possibility of change. Yeah. Yeah. And I realize some some young people are, are attracted to me and what I say and you know to win and yeah. you know university graduates if they've all graduated with their degrees and stuff. So a few of them are actually working with me now. Okay. You know, um and I had a few of them as well. Yes, do, we, do we have a degree in, in anything related to waste management? Not specifically, no. No, we don't. So the degrees that we have, we have environmental and natural resource management. We have sustainable technology. Um, what's the other one that they did, boy? I think so it's three you- different ones, but none of them is wasted sole focus. And even in those that I've called there, um, they don't have a course on waste. 
They don't. So that's why the, the Faculty of Food and Agriculture in UE St. Augustine campus and I are having conversations and creating a program for matriculated students because okay. they don't have one. Yeah. Good. That's that's where we are with, we having some conversations with the UE folks as well, separate from what we do with Logjack. But, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it, 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 the kids now need to be educated in different things differently. Correct. They, they, they must be exposed to more than just the social sciences of 15, 20 years ago, or the math, the English, and the physics, or the medicine. There's the, ah, all right, we don't have enough time for me to get to get me started with this. But we thank you for taking the time to, to articulate um, the value of, of, of uh, and the importance, and no, wrong word, the criticality of getting waste management um, implemented. But we will, <laughs> continue, we will continue this conversation. Sure. Okay. All right. Thanks All again. Right. Okay. Cheers. Welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.